The Gospels are the accounts of the words and works of our Savior Jesus. It's there that we learn of the acts of love that mean for us forgiveness and everlasting life. Join us to study one of these Gospels, the book of Matthew. Read a chapter and then listen in as our pastors from Grace discuss the marvel of God's words to us. We hope that you listen to Jesus' words and that with us you grow. Here's another discussion on a chapter from the book of Matthew. Podcast listeners, welcome back to another episode of Most Certainly True Podcast. I'm Pastor Brian Hockman. I'm here with Pastor Jim Hebner. How are you today, Pastor Hebner? Great to be with you, Pastor Hockman. Another podcast opportunity. I bet we have had podcast listeners just holding their breath all day, waiting, waiting for us to comment on the end of chapter nine. (laughs) (laughs) We talked about that in the previous podcast, how the chapter divisions were not the part of the inspired, but they're generally well done by Archbishop Langdon. But I still think that chapter nine, starting at verse 35, that end of the chapter does go nicely. Because I've always used this story, and people, I'm sure podcasters too, have heard me tell it. It's just, it's kind of a fun one in my mind that Jesus gathers his disciples and he says, Hey, look, there's a, you know, there's a compassion on all these people. They need to hear about my love. Let's look, pray about that. Look at the harvest out let's, there. Let's pray that, that God need, would send workers. We need more know. workers in that yeah, harvest field. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's say that prayer. Yeah, he looks to the heavens and they're all looking at each other and they, okay, let's look to the heavens and raise our hands and whatever. Dear Heavenly Father, send. Yeah. Send workers into the harvest field. Amen. Yeah, pretty specific. Ask the Lord of the yeah, harvest yeah. to send workers. Send, send, okay. Dear Lord, Lord, please send workers. Please send right? workers. That's their prayer, right? And he, t- he stop. Amen. And he looks at him and says, oh, how about that? <laughs> Heavenly Father has already answered your prayer just like you're it. God is good it's and you. gracious and answers prayers. <laughs> Look at that. He answers your prayers. I just, I think that's that's totally hilarious because he jumps right into Ted and he says, now you're going. You know, hey, look at Yeah. <laughs> I, that, that is that's a perfect fit. So, uh, and then he gives him these instructions. You know, we get well. Who's going to go? That I just said, and he's going to. In fact, Matthew, along with Mark and Luke, and then Luke again in Acts chapter one, Mark chapter three, Luke chapter six, and Acts chapter. They, that's the t- four times we have the listing of the disciples. They're right. always they're always grouped in fours, and Peter is always the first one in the first of the three groups of four. Always. And Philip is always the first one in the second group. And James, son of Alphaeus, is always the first one hmm. in the third group. And Judas Iscariot is always last. That's, that's an all, easy one. Yeah. <laughs> the other ones are interesting. In all the other groupings, group one, starting with Peter, you have Peter's brother Andrew, James, and John. They may not be in that order, but Peter always starts. Peter always in starts. the next four, Philip always starts. They, and they kind of jumble up the rest of the order sometimes, you know, when you look at it. Mark or Luke. Comparing, sure. But they're all, it's interesting to me that you get these 12, and there's three groups of four. But Peter, Philip, and James, son of Alphaeus, are always the first of each of the groups. Yeah. Were there some things about the relationships there that yeah, it's um, just, that maybe we don't, don't find know. in Scripture, but, yeah, but we're just, part of the reality? That's how the inspired writer and the Holy Spirit had him recorded, which is... So he goes, you know, so we got who's going to go, and then he gets in the next verses right away, boom, 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 to whom you're going to go, I want you to go among lost sheep of Israel right now. And then, and I think what, that's an interesting thing. You're going to go to people that are yeah, like you your and, friends. Near, and near you. Yeah, go home. It's <laughs> not a scary your, thing. Right? Go into your community. and Which is today's application, too. You're, right. you're going to people, you're, no, you're not going to strangers, you know. And then he gives them not only who and to whom, but then the what, proclaim, 
the message of the kingdom, and how you do that was, you know, you back it up with miracles, and then why you do it is because it's a free gift, might me to you. Now you freely give it to others. So you got the who to whom, uh, how, why, and what all. How, to whom, what, how, and why all in one little yeah. paragraph. It's just pretty cool. And then follows that up with, and then don't worry, don't worry about support. Don't worry yeah. about rejection. Um, don't worry about any of that because I'm going with you. Yeah. <laughs> you're gonna, you're gonna maybe yeah. at times feel like you're alone, but I'm there with you, and and my promises are true. It's gonna come up again. This just so happens the podcasters will be hearing this later, but it just so happens that uh, a sermon I'm gonna be preaching now coming up in this weekend is gonna have a reference to this. You know, what are your fears? You know, and probably the big one is rejection. You know, that yeah. if you're gonna. But get, Jesus says, "Well, don't worry about that. Yeah, just tell the truth and shake the dust off your feet and go on. You know, that's not that's not on you. They're not rejecting you. They're just they're rejecting the message, and that's that's their problem, not yours." <laughs> right. Don't don't take that personally. And oh, by the way, I promise that's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> people will reject your message, but that's okay. Take it to people who don't. And he adds that cool line, which is just such a famous one. But you know, be as true as snakes and innocent as doves. So, you know, snakes get a bad rep, of course, and they rightly should from Genesis 3, but, you know, the shrewdness of a snake, you know, they, a snake knows how to get in and how to... How to camouflage, how to, camouflage, how to move how to, when it should, yeah. Yeah, how to be where it's, you know, we don't like where they are, but they, <laughs> but yet always as harmless as doves, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a really neat picture that Jesus gives us Yeah, as he, he gets really into the animal pictures there. Yeah, I'm sending you out as sheep among wolves. Yeah. Yet be shrewd as snakes and innocent as doves. <laughs> Great pictures. And then, of course, there's a big chunk in here about, well, there will be persecution and flack. And even in families, you're going to have, and haven't we experienced that in ministry and in life and see people who wrestle with how hard that is, you know, when you're not on the same page spiritually, even within families. And uh, it's it's really sad to see, but Jesus predicts it's going to happen. One of those signs that the end of the world is still to come. But uh, the internal struggles that people go through when their families are not on board spiritually with them and the flack they take. And I can think of plenty of stories where, I mean, even in a married couple where they, okay, their marriage is all right, but, you know, the woman is worshiping alone. And the husband not supportive, and that's that takes a lot of courage, and it's awesome to see. But uh, the internal flack will be there. Later on, Jesus says um, in this chapter, mm-hmm. "I have come to bring a sword. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword." Yeah. Um, best way to understand that would be as a result phrase or clause, right? It wasn't his purpose. Jesus didn't come with the express intent of dividing families, but it's it's the result of what happens. It's the result of right. him being the truth and him not being accepted and believed by all people. That means the result is that there will be some division. There will be some family members that believe and, and some that don't. Well, it's it's his very vivid way, I've come to bring a sword, of stating in no uncertain terms, you, you there's no there's no neutrality when it comes to me. Right. Fence I divide writing, the world. There is no such thing. Yeah, there is no such thing as either you believe in me or you don't. And that's there that's really what that is. The sword. 
He's, he's the divider, right? But prior to that line, of course, you have these beautiful promises of the Lord to, like he did in other portions of Scripture and stuff, you know, that don't worry, don't be afraid. You know, if there's anybody to be afraid of, be afraid of God who can send you to hell. If people are out to get you and make it difficult in your life or to be a Christian, well, you know, what you need to be afraid of is that the Lord God is the one who can send you to hell. He's not yeah. going to because of me. That and, verse 28, I think, is sometimes a, a misunderstood passage. Mm-hmm. Do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, be afraid of the one uh, who can destroy both soul and body in hell. And that's God. Yeah, that's not the devil. No, that is. <laughs> that, that's, that is God. That's God himself. Uh-huh. So that's a pretty severe preaching of law, we would say right there, right? Yeah. But then followed up with, yet that one is compassionate. Providing for the sparrows even. Sure. And knowing knowing everything that you need and you're worth so much more. <laughs> and he wraps that whole thing about you know, this chapter as we're talking about Jesus' encouragement to go ahead to the disciples. You don't have to worry. You know, it's not like some magic dust is floating over you and you can just be, like, ignorant and pretend like I haven't told you what to say. I have told you what to say, and your mouth will just all of a sudden open and the Spirit will, and that's not it. He's saying, you know what to say, and when you're in a crowd that is unfamiliar to you and you get nervous or anxious, well, you know what to say. The Spirit will give you the confidence that, that was earlier in the chapter, and the same thing happens when it's later in this chapter of 10, 32 and following. Who just, you know, acknowledge me, and then whoever, anyone who loves his, their father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And, you know, he's got the, anyone who, who uh, welcomes you welcomes me. And then he has that little line about the receives the reward. He's not talking about eternal life as a reward for your good work or your good witnessing or your good anything. But it is true that as Christians live out their life as witnesses and endure persecution and have to bear the cross of the theology of the cross, that we have difficulties in life, there is a sense of peace and contentment here already. That's that's part of what he means by the reward. You know, as you live out your Christian life, you're not earning God's favor. You already got that forgiveness of sins. You're not earning heaven, but there will be a, a sense of wholeness and a sense of contentment that I'm a child of God and he has been loving me and protecting me. And it's been hard, but I... I've always found the last verse of this chapter to be interesting. Yeah. So here he sends his disciples out on this mission work and, you know, this is pretty big. I'm I'm sending you to go talk to unbelievers about me and to let the God <laughs> unleash the gospel and let it change hearts and lives and um and then he talks about this really simple act of faith uh, as one who's also getting a reward whoever gives a cup of cold water yeah you're being kind and caring even for little ones and is that's that's service to Jesus too yeah, that's it is. that's a fruit of faith and it's something that Jesus sees yeah he's not setting up if you want to be a real Christian, you better become a world missionary and you better have the boldness of Paul and you better go become a traveling um, evangelist. That's, that's not the point. You sound like the hymn writer, you know, if you cannot preach like Paul, you can tell the love of Jesus. You can say he died for all. You can, Jesus loves me. This I know the Bible tells me. So it's simple. There it is. And that's, uh, 
it's an interesting chapter that challenges us at first when we read through chapter 10 about, oh man, these you know first followers are going out in their internship experience and I don't know, I'd be really nervous too. But then he just takes all that fear away. He says, yeah, you're all right. Uh, yeah, it'll be hard, sure, yeah, but I'll be there and I'll take care of you. I can take care of birds. I can take care of you yeah. and you do know what to say and you'll be fine. <laughs> and what an encouragement that then becomes to yeah. us that yeah. we can go to the people that are close to us in the places that we already live, dwell, work, and exist. And we can share a message that we already know. And we've been been given the courage to to carry it out, and we've been given the promise that God goes with us when we go and share his message and that God is pleased when we um, love him enough to share that love with others. And um, I think that's a great way to look at it. Right. And and we know that the message is most, most certainly, certainly true. true. Thanks for joining us in our effort to read and grow through the Gospel of Matthew. We'd love to share more Jesus with you. Learn more about Grace at our website, www.gracedowntown.org. There you'll find worship times, Bible study resources, links to our digital media resources, our pastor's contact info, and a lot more about our ministry in and to downtown Milwaukee. We hope to connect you to the grace of God again soon.